long hot summer, real summer, you can wear shorts, you know, more or less the whole time. Some snow in winter, that's, not, that's quite nice as well. Um, we were leading the church out there in Knoxville. Um, we were living the dream life. It was wonderful. Just enjoying our ministry work, the kids enjoying school. It was beautiful. And then um, just over a year and a half ago, I got a call from my mum who lives in Banbury, not quite as exotic, um, saying that she has terminal lung cancer. So I jumped on a plane, we went to the doctors together, and sure enough, she was told she had about six months left, six to nine months left to live. So we, um, so we moved over, um, we moved back over to, to England, and my mum has done really well, amazingly. So she's outlived the prognosis that she had. Um, now the doctors are just saying, well listen, we have no idea, it's just, it's anybody's guess for as long as she's, how, how long she's going to live. Which is good news! Yeah. It is great news! And in the process, my mum my mom got baptised, um, so she comes down to church with us. I mean, it's amazing, it really is. But our life is completely in limbo. So we've given up our ministry work, and I'm now teaching in a great school in Oxford. I'm really enjoying the work. But it's discouraging at times. We had a wonderful house with about an acre of land. The kids, we could open the back door and the kids could just be gone and off. Now our house in our, our back garden is probably as big as this. This bit here. They're gone and then they come back again. That's how small it is. And so we look at this situation and it's easy to get discouraged by it. God, why have you allowed this to happen? God, what's going on? Our life was perfect! But we've got to look at it through the lens of faith, which says, what opportunity is God trying to open up? Rather than what obstacle do I think is in the way? And to be honest, I think my faith has been up and down over the last year. Because it's not where I'm, where I'm wanting to be. This isn't where I want my kids necessarily to grow up. I grew up there, <laughs> but, but I've got to go with God's plan right now, and I've got to look for as many faithful opportunities as possible, otherwise they can be used as incredible obstacles and my faith will shrink. Where would you say Gideon's faith was at right now? Did he look like the mighty warrior that God had called him? Did he look like that? No. I wonder if the angel said to God, God, are you sure this is the right guy? Are you sure this is the right person that you picked? Surely God. But you see, God was sure. This was the perfect opportunity for God's power to be made perfect in what? Weakness. That's what Paul said. So let's see what God and Gideon do. Okay, so God basically has to get Gideon ready. So, what do you think God uses to get us ready for things? What do you reckon? What does God use to get us ready? Obstacles, or a test. Okay? And so God gives Gideon a test just to see, not necessarily even to, for, for, not necessarily for Gideon, to, for God to see if Gideon was ready, but so that Gideon could see that he himself was ready. 
Let's have a look at the text. So in verse 25, God tells Gideon, Tear down the altar of Baal that belongs to your father and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. So Gideon took ten of his male servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was too afraid of his father's household and the men of the city to do it in the daytime, he did it at night. So this was Gideon's first test. You see, his father was a false worshipper. He worshipped God, but he also worshipped Baal. And he had Baal worship um, statues. He also had an Asherah pole there as well. And so not only was, was Gideon going to have to cut this down, which God said, but he was also about to go against his father and many of the town people as well. And so when does it say he did it? At night. I love that bit. You see, God didn't tell him when to do it. He just told him, go and do it. Get it done. Whatever it takes. So Gideon says, all right, I'll do it at night. I like this because it's a baby step. And sometimes when it comes to our faith, and if we've not been exercising our faith that much, we need baby steps of faith. We need to do some small things so that our faith can then get to the next incremental level of faith. We need some little tests. I really like Leon's financial putting aside. That's a great idea. We will be stealing that as a family. But that's a really great test of faith. It's a little baby step of faith. To say, you know what, I'm going to put some money aside and whatever opportunities there are in the month, then it's there for me to use. But think about what tests are you going through in your life right now? They could be financial. They could be relational. It could be one of priorities or family or character or career or spiritual. The question we have to say in the middle of the test, the question we have to ask is, okay, God, what do you want me to do with this? Not just, ah, but God, what do you want me to do? What is that next level of faith? What, do I, what is that step of faith that you need me to make? And if you don't think you've got one, then ask God for a test. Do you have the faith to ask God for a test? If life is peachy, if it's comfortable, then ask him for a test. So that your faith can grow. You see, when our faith is strong, it inspires other people. Faith is contagious, but also a lack of faith is contagious too. We need to be people living by faith, stepping out in faith, doing faithful things for God. The good thing is, is that Gideon passed his first test and he was finally ready for battle. Well, in God's eyes anyway. Gideon himself needed a little bit more persuading. You see, Gideon's faith was weak. He had not grown up knowing God as he should have done. Because his dad worshipped Baal. Okay, so he had this maybe hybrid, mixed worship. See, many of us, we kind of, or, or, or even the world in which we live in, still have an idea of there being a God. Did you know the UK is still 65% theistic? Mm. 
So 65% of the population still believe in God in Britain. That's a good statistic. But it's kind of like this half belief, half world clinging on to stuff. And so that belief doesn't manifest itself in a spiritual country very much. We only have to turn on the TV and think about the things that we see on the programs, on the adverts, listen to the radio. This is not a spiritual country that we live in. We're no longer a Christian country. Yet people still believe in God. Because there's this half and half. And that's what we see with Gideon as well. Because of the faith that because of Gideon's dad's lack of faith himself. So Gideon, knowing that God wants to use him, and knowing that God has given him a test, now decides to turn the tables and almost give God a test. Let's see what this is. This is the fleece test. So, in verse 36, Then Gideon said to God, If you will deliver by my Israel, by my hand, as you said, I will put a, wool, a fleece of wool here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength, as you said. And that is what happened. When he got up early in the morning, he squeezed the fleece, wrung dew out of it, filling a bowl with water. See, amazingly, God obliges to this test. Do you know what happens next? I haven't got it in the text. What does he then do? He does it the other way around. He then says, okay, God, if now the fleece is dry, but everywhere else is wet, God is like, oh, come on, I just did the first one for you. Is your faith that weak? Yes, it was. But it's okay. God didn't say, look, forget it. I've, I've clearly got the wrong person. Angel, you were right. He didn't. He said, okay, okay, we will do this. Now, this was not, by the way, to determine God's will. This was just simply to get Gideon ready for the battle that he was about to face. This was not as a sign. And sometimes we can use this God, if the traffic light turns green, when I get there, then the job is mine. Who says? Did God say okay? Did you hear an okay? That's not what was going on here. Okay, this was not, this test is not for a sign. It was for Gideon so that his, his faith could be strong enough to be used by God. Okay, let's carry on. Chapter 7, verse 1. Gideon and everyone who was with him, so they're about to get ready for battle. So Gideon and everyone who was with him got up early and camped beside the spring of Harod. The Lord said to Gideon, you've got too many people for me to hand the Midianites over to you. Or else Israel might brag, I did it myself. Now announce in the presence of the people, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So, 22,000 people turned back and 10,000 remained. How do you think Gideon's faith is at this point? Down again? I think so. 
I think so. Or maybe not. Because I think by this stage, God had built up Gideon's faith to where it needed to be. But he now needed to turn to the faith of the Israelites. Because he was about to do even greater things. But he used the faith of Gideon to get the rest of the soldier's faith to where it needed to be. But can you imagine this? You've got too many men. 32,000, 22,000 leave, 10,000 left. That's it. Do you know how big the Midianites and the allies were? They were not 5,000. They were 135,000. And God says you've got too many. Either God's not very good at maths or he has a much better plan in store. But can you imagine the dialogue? Because the, the Israelites would have known how many Midianites there would have been. But can you imagine? How do you think the 10,000 who remain were feeling? They were like, I, if I wasn't scared before, I am now. Is it too late for me to leave? I bet they thought that it was crazy rather than faithful. I think over the past 10 years or so, our family of churches has gone through many ups and many downs. But along the way, we've become a lot more as individuals, a lot more successful. We've become a bit more sophisticated in certain areas and careers have developed, which is wonderful. Our understanding of the Bible has deepened, but has our faith been strengthened along the years? Or have we become more comfortable? Have we become more faithful as a result? If the answer is yes, then praise God. If the answer is no, then we need to learn from Gideon. You see, in Hebrews 11, it says, it is impossible to please God without what? Without faith. Impossible to please God without faith. Not even God is a little bit upset. It says it's impossible to please him if we are not faithful. Now, faithful means many different things. It means putting God first always. It means living for him regardless of what other people are doing. It means looking for opportunities when we see those obstacles. It means being like Jesus no matter what. You know, at work in the staff room, there are not too many um, other Christians, really. There are people who, um, some who go to church, um, but then they go to church on the Sunday, and then on the Monday, they're swearing and profanity coming out of their mouth. It's very difficult to talk spiritual conversations. And so my, often my prayer is, God, just let me be like Jesus today. That's harder than that sounds, though. Yeah. When there's people gossiping about other people or gossiping about the kids. Uh, when there's swearing going on and a swear word comes into your mind, and you're like, no, no, don't say it. All this stuff. It's, it's all around you. But that's being like Jesus. You know, at work, one of the things that I would love to do, and I'm on my way to doing, is setting up a Bible study group for the, for the students and for the staff. In the last school I was at, we had one. But I'm so, I'm so new to the school that I need to do a baby step. 
And so we have a prayer group that meets every Tuesday. Um, and there's two of us right now, and that's it. And we've invited staff, we've invited kids, but there's just the two of us. And that's okay. It's a baby step. God will do more with it, but I think he wants us to see, are you going to be, are you going to be resilient? Are you going to persevere? Or are you going to give up? What baby steps can you, of faith, can you put into practice in your life, in your situation? Maybe it's something simple like, okay, I'm going to stand out. I'm going to pray for people at work. And I'm going to let them know that I'm praying for them. Last year when I started in my job, um, a, a colleague, he, he had just lost his mother. And uh, I said to him, I am so sorry. And I didn't know what to say apart from, I will pray for you. And I prayed for him. Just la this was a year ago. Just um, last week, when we were finishing off at school, he came up to me and said, you know, I haven't told you for a whole year, but you just telling me that you were praying for me and my family meant so much to me. He, he, doesn't, he kind of believes in God, but, I was, but that was a really special conversation and a special interaction. Who gets the glory? It's God. It's God. And so what can you do? What little step, baby step of faith could you put into practice in your life and in your situation? Okay, let's carry on. So Gideon didn't know, had no idea of how God was going to do it. Okay, 22,000 people have left. But he trusted in God's promise because he had come to know the character of God. Okay, that's important. We have to, we can trust in God's promises because we know the character of God. If your faith is weak, we have to think about and say, well, how much do I know of the character of God? How much have I let go of God's faithfulness in who he is as, a, as an entity? When we don't read our Bibles, when we're not living by faith, we don't see God's love, God's perfection. And then that means our faith sometimes shrinks back. But thankfully, Gideon had come to dis rediscover God, and then he was able to rediscover faith. Okay, verse 4. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many people! What? <laughs> 10,000 against 135,000. That's not a good ratio. No. So God said to him in verse 5, separate Everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. That's one way to do it. Do the same with everyone who kneels to drink. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouths was 300. And all the rest of the people knelt to drink water. By the way, if you were to go and drink at a... Something. Would you really go down? No, you wouldn't do that, would you? No. You would use your hand, your God-given hand. Okay? So it's really interesting that how many? 9,700 men suddenly at that moment decided to drink like a dog. Why would they do that? I have no idea. No idea. But that's what happened. Verse 7. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped 
and hand the, the Midianites over to you. But everyone else go home. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300. Notice the difference between Gideon's faith now and before. He's now confident, he's now obedient, he's now unwavering. Okay, let's move on, verse 19. Gideon and the men who were with him went to the outpost of the camp. At the beginning of the middle watch, after the sentries had been stationed, so they're about, they're now getting ready to attack the Midianites. Okay, they're getting ready to attack with the 300. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. They held their torches in their left hands, their trumpets in their right hands, and shouted, A sword for Yahweh! And for Gideon. Each Israelite took his position around the camp, and the entire Midianite army fled and cried out as they ran. When Gideon's men blew their 300 trumpets, the Lord set the swords of each man in the army against each other. Wow, what an incredible victory! The faith of Gideon by the mighty hand of God. Only 300 men defeated 135,000. Now, what do you notice? In one hand, they have what? A sword. Uh, no, 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 sorry. They have a what? A torch. And in the other hand, they have a trumpet. Uh, something's missing? A sword. A sword is missing. Okay, but if you have a look what it says. A sword for Yahweh and for Gideon. Where's the sword? <laughs> Where's the sword? Can you imagine the 300 are now getting ready to go to battle? And they're picking up their swords, their sabers, ready to attack. And Gideon says to them, oh, I forgot to tell you. God says we don't need the swords. What? We don't need a sword? What are you talking about? This is against the Midianites and all of their allies. How are we going to do this? Gideon says, we're not going to do this. God is going to do this. And I love the way that that happens. Because whose swords does God use? He uses their swords, the Midianite swords. And they, for some reason get so panicked by the situation that they see that they just start killing and attacking one another. What an incredible plan. What an amazing victory. If you told Gideon all the way back at the beginning, okay, that this is what was going to happen, that this was God's plan, what do you think Gideon would have said? No way. You've chosen the wrong person. It's no way. This is crazy. Sometimes God doesn't let us see the end because he wants us to focus on each incremental step. And it's only when we look back and we see what God has done and we see the victory that God has performed that we then step back and say, wow, God is amazing. 
But if we never allow ourselves to climb those mountains, to climb those hills, to face those obstacles, then we'll never get to see the incredible victory that God has already got in store for us. I know, we know what it's like being in a small church, meeting in a school building. Think about that end goal that God has in store for you guys. Okay? We can get overwhelmed by that. Just as Gideon may have done. But he's not concerned about you focusing on that end goal. He wants you to focus, first of all, on those little baby steps. Talk about that amongst one another today. What is my baby step of faith that I can put into practice? God's waiting to do amazing things through you, through us. Let's learn to be like Gideon. Become faithful again, if you're not so already. And then spread that faith amongst the congregation. But let's step out in faith. Be prayerful, but also put that prayer into action. Amen. 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 Amen.